Welcome to Educate Essentials. Educate Essentials is a podcast that provides essential information and tips about education, leadership, topics, all about diverse learners. Diverse learners include students with disabilities under Section 504 and IDEA, response to intervention, and English speakers of other languages. I am your host, Dr. Nakia. Educate Essentials' mission is to bring positive awareness to promote equity and inclusion by sharing information and topics about non-traditional learners. All students matter and they are all gifts. Sometimes it takes a unique approach to unlock or reveal that gift. As a community, we have to reveal and unlock those gifts by acquiring knowledge. Educate Essentials' goal is to restore faith in education one student at a time by empowering listeners with knowledge so we can all be powerful. Knowledge is power, so let's be powerful. Now let's dive right into our Educate inspirational message for today. As a former cheerleader, I appreciate this story. So maybe I'm a little biased. I scream, you scream, we all scream for inclusion. It's the season for sports. And my message today is about a high school cheerleading squad or a couple of high school cheerleading squads that foster inclusion. The first two I want to talk about are out of Cobb County School District in Metro Atlanta, Georgia, Harrison High School and Hillgrove High School. They both have unique cheerleading squads that feature students with special needs. I saw this team in action and they were heartwarming and happy and they brought a lot of school spirit. Both squads started a few years ago and features boy and girl cheerleaders. And the coach felt like she wanted to include all students in all activities. You get a chance to check it out. Harrison on Hillgrove. The news story is also, if you search it on the internet, you can search it's the story. And it's a very sweet story that highlights inclusion. On the other side of Metro Atlanta, I also want to highlight this special twist, which is a co-ed program for all students from ages four you know, with no requirements and ability. Special Twist was developed to allow special need athletes to complete in sports. It was founded in 2014 by Rachel and Stacy Van Dyke. Rachel is Stacy's daughter who at age 15 started Special Twist as a community service project. They often cheer at Lambert High School in Swanee and with the squad during their football and basketball season. If you want to look or start one in your community, the best resource to look at is usasf.net. Let me repeat, usasf.net, that website. And then you can search up special needs cheerleading and see if you can start a squad in your particular state. So that's our inspirational story. Let's keep the spirit going. So for our essential news, I want to bring some awareness to some current events from the U.S. Department of Education. The government office with the U.S. Department of Education released documents last week to encourage collaboration between state and local agencies with Head Start programs to effectively meet Individuals with Disabilities Education Act requirements. The U.S. Department of Education programs and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Head Start authored a Dear Colleague letter and guidance document. These documents affirm that state and local education agencies and Head Start programs have responsibilities for implementing IDEA to ensure that children with disabilities enrolled in Head Start programs receive a free and appropriate public education and the least restrictive environment. There are three letters attached 
attached to this. And so those letters will be on my site, actually on my YouTube page. So you can go ahead and check those letters out. And they're titled Dear Colleague Letter on IDEA Services and Head Start, dated October 5th, 2022. Guidance on creating an effective memorandum of understanding to support high quality, inclusive early childhood systems, dated October 5th, 2022. The U.S. Department of Education is examining how it can advance equity in the programs and how the 2023 determinations processes can promote equity. They're considering ways to use data from current information when making determinations in a manner that accurately represents IDEA implementation for historically marginalized populations. They'll be using data along with community input on ways to prioritize equity within the IDEA requirements. Now we're going to go ahead and dive into our essential knowledge and our topic for today is we're going to just talk about special education and what is special education. And this is going to be a three part, maybe even four part podcast because special education is an immense subject with a lot of content. And so as my listeners, I want you guys to understand what special education is so you'll understand all the different facets of special education. So today what we're going to do is I'm going to give you an overview of special education. Special education is a set of services provided to students who experience unique learning needs. These services are governed by federal law, which is IDEA. So when I say IDEA, I mean the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Special education is defined as specially designed instruction at no cost to parents to meet the unique needs of a child with a disability. All that originated special education, it all started with Public Law 94-142. And Public Law 94-142 is now IDEA, which is the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. And it requires that children from ages 3 to 21 are educated in the least restrictive environment with non-disabled peers. PL 94-142 states that an appropriate education may comprise of education education in regular classes, education in classes and regular education classes with the use of related services and aids or special education and related services and separate classrooms for all portions or some portions of the school day. PL 94-142 originates the Individual Education Plan, which is mandated to not to document a child's individual needs. Education is not a placement, it's a service. The Individual Education Plan addresses learning goals and objectives, present levels, educational performance, specific academic and related services. And special education services are initiated through an evaluation and parents must provide consent for that evaluation for how a student may qualify for special education. Some of those components include whether a child has a physical or mental disability that substantially limits learning, the possibility and causes of a child's disability, strengths and weaknesses of the child's physical, emotional, social, and intellectual areas, the educational diagnosis category that best describes that child's disability, the special services, instructional techniques, and other interventions that the child needs, the appropriate instructional placement for the child, reasonable predictions of the child's academic, vocational, and potential, and the evaluation outcome is based on those documents listed for that student to determine the possibility of an evaluation. So when you talk about those students' needs, you want to see what the deficit is, what are the areas of weaknesses, what could be the possible cause of those areas of weaknesses, what is the physical and mental impairment, what appropriate instruction do we have to provide as a district or school to help that child, reasonable accommodations and services for that student. And based on all of that information, the team will come to the table and talk through all of these facets to determine if that child is eligible under a state category for special education services. The law requires documentation that the student 
needs were met and that the team met through an interdisciplinary approach. So that means there was a, a group of persons at the table who could speak to that child's ability along with a parent to actually have those assessment measures and talk about that child's needs. So that's an interdisciplinary team approach, a group of persons who can talk about the student's needs. During that meeting, which might be the eligibility meeting or the meeting to determine if the child needs services, the team uses all the data that's collected from the evaluation and then they talk through those assessments and the data. And if that child qualifies under a state category, then they develop an individual education plan for that student. The IEP is a document that follows the students once they have special education services. The IEP addresses learning goals and objectives, present levels, education and performance, specific academic and related services. Also included in the IEP will be the extent to participate. So how much of the school day will that child participate with their non-disabled peers, the date that the services begin, the duration of the date of the services, appropriate assessment measures, such as how will the child take standardized tests and what standardized tests will the child take take goal data and how goal data and data collection will be collected and how frequently, as well as other supplemental aid services and related services. So if you're a parent, that you are an active team member, that you must provide consent for these services to begin. And at every meeting, the teams will usually offer you a copy of your parent rights. I suggest that you always take those copies. I know it's a lot of paper, but parents are afforded rights under IDEA. Special education eligibility falls under various categories, and every state has a different category. Categories could include speech, other health impaired, developmental delay, autism, emotional behavior disorder, deaf or hard of hearing, specific learning disabilities, a language impairment, orthopedic impairment, mild, moderate, or intellectual disability, severe and profound intellectual disability, or traumatic brain injury. Once a child is eligible, the team meets and they update that individual education plan annually. And then every three years, the team comes together to look at data and evaluate the child and ask us about special education. And as a parent or even as an educator, it can be daunting to figure out special education. What does this mean? What does that mean? And so as parents, I want you to work together with the district. Every district has processes for special education. They have forms. They have resources. So I want you as a parent, I want you to familiarize yourself with those processes concerning parent rights. I want you to be an integral part of the team. I want you to provide that information because you're an expert when it comes to your child. For my educators, I want you guys to be integral part of the team members to help parents along through the process. Because like I said, special education can be daunting and there's so many unknowns, but students need it. And it's a service that we can provide our students and it brings the outcome is a better student and individualizing that learning for that student. So we can meet students where they are, provide that free and appropriate education that is optimal for students. And the tips for parents, parents, educationers, and listeners, if you see a child is struggling academically or behaviorally, or maybe even some interventions. You can always Please request an evaluation for special education, but all schools at every level offer some type of universal data and some type of interventions. Sometimes those interventions may lead to special education, but if you see a child is struggling and they're not making progress comparable with their peers, make sure that you refer that child either for interventions, response to intervention, or an evaluation for special education, or see what other services are available to support that child. Schools have services in place to educate all learners, and I want to use this platform to share knowledge and help others receive the educational services that a child may need to be successful. The goal of EduFaith is to restore faith in education one student at a time. So my essential tip for parents, parents, 
seek services and build a partnership with the school that supports your child needs. I always say that parents are the first teachers. So you lay eyes on your child every day and you see what's going on with them at school and at home and you hear the teacher's commentary. So make sure that if you see something going on, you go to the school and you seek services because there are services there for school students, all students. Don't be afraid to ask questions about special education, about other services that may be available. As a parent, you have a voice. Use it. Tip three, be actively involved in your child's education. Like I said, have a voice, make decisions, ask questions, attend meetings, take ownership. When you're at the table, if you're struggling, you don't understand something, ask them to repeat it, ask them to clarify, ask the team to give you examples. But you have to be an integral team member so you can advocate for your child and make sure that your child has what they need to be successful in school. For my educators, I want you guys to be active in all of those students' meetings. Attend the meetings, provide your valuable feedback, your teaching expertise, your subject matter expertise. Be engaged in the meeting and actually have a voice at the meeting. I want you to be a collaborative team member with the fellow teachers, with the parents and administrators to ensure that whatever the standards are you are teaching and the instructional goals that you have in your classroom are discussed according to a child's specific needs and discuss with transparency. So educators, even if you may not teach the student all day, you can still be that content and that standards and teaching expertise. So provide your valuable data at the meeting and be a collaborative team members. As leaders, I want you guys to always support the team. Make sure that you understand the general processes of IDEA in your district and the instructional challenges that as a, at the educators may have working with students with disabilities and just be prepared to provide that appropriate support. One quote stated that leaders who understand the importance of well-designed learning and working environments can facilitate the development of appropriate student placements with specialized assignments and present to all students' needs. So make sure as that leader, you provide that supportive environment you're supporting your special education teachers, you're supporting your gen ed teachers, you're supporting your processes throughout your district, and you're supporting your parents and your students. So now it comes time for our book excerpt for today. So the book excerpt I'm going to bring you today actually is from my Essential Tips from Parents book, and it is going to come from page 43 because I am a parent of a child with a disability, and I want to share some of the story in some of the parts of having an IEP. So for page 43, here I read. My son received services through an IEP for deficits associated with language impairment, autism spectrum disorder, and other health impairments for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. His services were provided in a small group setting and in a general education class. He was diagnosed he struggled in the general education class. He would get frustrated and cry a lot and his general education teacher didn't know how to work with him when he was frustrated. She would send him to his case manager's class, Mrs. V. Mrs. V was awesome to Alex, and she had the patience to bring out the best in Alex with skills to work through his frustrations. Mrs. V even taught Alex to tie his shoes. It was difficult for his dad and me to teach him that because he had some visual spatial deficits and we just didn't understand. I love Alex being in Mrs. V's class. However, as much as I love the safety of her class, he needed to be educated in the least restrictive environment. The data demonstrated that Alex had the skill set to be in a general education class with the same age peers. So Alex ended up changing general education teachers. And now his new teacher, Mrs. B, was also. She worked with Mrs. V and Mrs. B and she mirrored strategies to support Mrs. V. 
They worked out a schedule where Alex went to Mrs. V to take tests because he had extended time and other accommodations, but still for the most part, he received support in his general education class. Working with Mrs. V and Mrs. V taught me skills that where I was able to mirror those supports at home and help Alex be successful. So just a little background, the first teacher that my son had, she wasn't really equipped in how to work with students with disabilities. So when he would get frustrated, she would always send him to the resource classroom, which is Mrs. V's class. I knew that he should be more in the general education class. So I didn't, I was, I felt like that teacher didn't have those strategies to actually work and support him. So some things happened and I ended up having to get his class changed. I am not telling any parents to get your child's class changed. That's just worked out for my son. But once he changed teachers and that new teacher was more adept in strategies, then he flourished in both the resource class and the general education class. So that's just my story. And it came from essential tips for parents. But the point of that is, As a parent, I had to advocate for my child and I had to have a voice. As educators, we need to make sure that we have background knowledge and the skill set to work with all students. And as leaders, we have to recognize that in our teachers and what's the best environment for students, even if it meant changing teachers. Like I said, not trying to tell parents to go and change teachers. The goal is for all the teachers to be equipped to teach all students, whether they're in a general education class or a resource class, and to bring out the best. And that's what happened in this. And that's what my story. So if you want to read more about it, it's on page 43 of my essential tips for parents. This is the time for essential advice. So I would love to hear from you. So if you have any pressing needs, want some fellow some advice as a fellow educator, as a parent, as a leader, any topic with diverse learners, special education, RTI 504, English speakers of other languages, um, inclusive practices or anything, please feel free to email me at edufaithforall at gmail.com. That is E-D-U-F-A-I-T-H, the number four, A-L-L at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and provide my point of view on your matter. So in time for our words of wisdom and our quote for today, I'm going to leave this with you. Until you have a kid with special needs, you have no idea of the depth of your strength, tenacity, and resourcefulness. And that is anonymous. I love that quote. Personally, I can attest to that. If you're needing any services or assistance with any college accommodation advocacy, any college career readiness programs, professional development with diverse learners and topics, trainings, one-on-one coaching about education, leadership, diverse learner topics, program development, parenting classes. I am your inclusive expert. I feel like I am. So reach out to my business, Educate Consulting. I also have books available on Amazon. Feel free to check out my books. I want to encourage everyone to get essential and to my believers, be blessed and to all others, be kind, be well, and be the change. I am Dr. Nakia and I want to thank you. And if you want any other information, please feel free to follow me on Instagram, follow me on YouTube, Educate Essentials, follow me on Facebook and my site, Educate Consulting, E-D-U-F-A-I-T-H, consulting.com. I would love to hear from you. And you can listen to this podcast on all podcast platforms. I'm also available on LinkedIn. Thank you all and have a blessed day.